Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of MMA, the great Teddy Atlas. And today's special guest, a man that can not only make a piñata, but he'll crack your head like a piñata too. He's the baby assassin, Brandon Moreno. Welcome to the show, champ. (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. (laughs) Hey, Brandon, have you ever broken any piñatas instead of with the stick with your hands? (laughs) Uh, when I was a kid, of course. I mean, I'm Mexican, so I I, I did it uh, before, like long time ago. But but yes. <laughs> <laughs> do your kids do your kids make piñatas? Do they are they learning the family business besides learning how to fight? No, my my kids they are fancy. They are fancy now. They are, they are living the, the life, but they are living different than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're spoiling them a little bit. Uh, no spoil, but you know, right now, for example, I born like in piñatas always. Every single day was piñatas in my life. Uh, for them, it's like we are living in Vegas. We are like out of the piñata business of my parents. So yeah, it's a little bit different. They've got all the different Lego collections, right? That's right. You know, they <laughs> they they love to to build the Lego and then destroy everything. And me. I don't like that. I feel very bad when they destroyed the when they destroyed the Lakers. <laughs> I think I think during the summer you let them go. You let them go with their grandparents and make piñatas. I think that's a good thing. That's a good idea. Let let them let them understand where their dad came, where where the the history of their family is, the hard work that they put in to get to uh, give you the opportunity to do what you're doing. That's true. Yeah, that sounds sounds good. Actually, when. For example, when my my older daughter was younger, uh, she went with uh, with my parents to to sell the piñatas, you know, because my parents uh, built the piñatas, uh, uh, made the piñatas in Tijuana, but they sell the piñatas in, in in San Diego and in Los Angeles in, in the Mexican areas. So when when my when my daughter was younger, she went with uh, with my parents and sell the piñatas there. Right now it's different, but. Now they need a they need the Brandon Moreno limited edition piñata. It costs twice as much. Licensed with uh, with the UFC company, maybe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Brandon, <clears throat> thank you again. Thank you for being here with us, and uh, you look great. You look terrific, and um, you got that great smile, that great genuine smile that uh, good people usually have, genuine people usually have. I appreciate seeing that. I think that's what people, besides your great fighting, I think people just appreciate that you're, you're a regular person, you're a common person, you're a, you can see it. You're, you're, the, you're just a regular guy that, um, that can fight like hell and fight better than most people will ever imagine and can be a savage, but you're just a regular good person and a person that you can connect with. A person that uh, you can have something in common with, a person that you could you could feel comfortable uh, rooting for. So uh, keep being that person because I think that's a big. They call you the baby face assassin. We understand you got that baby face. You you go after guys as you UFC MMA fighters do. You're tremendous. You have a code of honor. You're you're different. Very special people. Uh, you're definitely warriors. But again. Look at you. You, you got that. You, you do. You have that sincerity, that genuineness about you. And um, I think that's an important part 
of attracting people to you. Um, I know that it attracts me in that way. So continue to have that. And let's get right to your last fight, okay? Let's go. Uh, I, saw, I saw a difference uh, in that fight where having, tell me if I'm right. This is what I saw. I saw a difference. First of all, it was a very close fight. Very close. Very close. And I think it had a lot to do with the way judges favor looking at a fight. I really do. I think that it had a lot to do with do the judges like a very aggressive, busy style or do they like a guy who's being more patient, looking for spots, looking to score in spots and fight that kind of uh, fight where it's it's more a more conservative, more tactical. Um, and I really do think it was so close that it did come down to, you know, do you like chocolate ice cream or do you like vanilla ice cream with sprinkles? You know, what do the judges favor? What are they attracted to? What, what, you know, and that's tough because there should be a clear criterion in fighting of it's this or it's that. It should be a little clear. But there is a lot of room for judges to be subjective, to be, well, I like this style because, you know, the guy's moving and the guy's picking spots. No, I like an aggressive style. So I think a lot of it came down to that. I saw a difference in this fight where having won the title, you were even more confident and proud than ever and more aggressive in spots. I saw it. I, I saw it shining in, in that beautiful face of yours. I, I saw the pride of Mexico, the pride of uh, the pride of the Marino family. Um, I, I just saw it. And you could feel it. And Figueroa was the opposite this time. He was more cautious, more patient, tried to mix it up more, not just come at you straight ahead, he was not only looking for power this time. How did you see this fight? Am I right? Am I on track? And uh, how did you see it different than the last two fights? Oof. A lot of information, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know what, Teddy? So the fight was one week ago. Uh, right now, obviously, I like home and I feel like more conscious about the, the fight and everything what happened in you know last January 22nd and you know I have this conclusion I mean I really believe uh, I was like the guy who was trying to win the fight you know like try to finish the fight try always to do something during the fight but I mean and and I and I feel like I won that fight. I still believe that. But you know, the you know, Fierro this time had an, a better game plan, and I respect that. I respect that because at the end of the day, he uh, he won. I mean, I don't I don't want to start to put a lot of excuses and this and that. I'm I, I'm not like I'm not that guy. I hate to be that guy. Obviously, I'm trying to to, to see what happened in the fight. Um, you know, he was a, a little bit more smart. He moved a little bit more around the octagon, just waiting for me, trying to 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 go with the with the counter. 
and it's fine, you know. I, I, I've been talking with a lot of people, and, they, uh, and we have the same conclusion, like, like you was the, and they, they told me to me, like, you was the better fighter, and he, he was the better, like, athlete, you know. Uh, different, maybe better tactically, is that what they're trying to say? Uh, and more in a tactical way, uh, more in a way where his plan was to take advantage of your aggression, or and not just that. I think it was about him. I think it was about that he had to change. He had to be more to beat you. Of who he realized how complete a fighter you were after the last fight. I think that he realized he couldn't just bring his power game. That he had to be more than that. If he was just going to bring his power game, it was going to be another problem. I feel, and he's a tremendous puncher. We understand that, but. Um, I, I think it came down to him thinking he had to change something. That and okay. he did. I mean it was pretty obvious. He changed. He wasn't he didn't fight the same way. And I don't know that a lot of people thought he could change. They thought he was this one dimensional power puncher, you know, go seek and destroy missile. And that brings me to my next question. Did he surprise you? Um, I mean yes, you know, in some point like I was waiting with a little bit more uh um uh, aggression maybe from him like you know trying to to fight with me like trying to finish the fight but no you know uh, again he was like, just like trying to be smart and trying to use the angles the all the all the octagon moving around you know just waiting for me that was a little surprise for me and at the same time it's my my fault because i feel like i just try to be the better boxing uh, the better the better boxer and the better guy with with take on defense but i know and uh, yes definitely i know i'm a well-rounded fighter and like i have a really good jiu-jitsu and i have a really good uh, wrestling so may maybe try to mix a little bit more um so that part is the only is the only part where i feel like he surprised me like he's not more like this guy like uh, the aggressive guy like all his career in the UFC was about the the Davidson Figueroa, the bully, the guy who was trying to put uh, the, all the pressure in the fight, try to intimidate you, uh, trying to knock you out in every single uh, minute of the round. But I I feel like that Davidson Figueroa is not is not more there, and you know that works for this fight, but. I don't know. I, I I was talking with with somebody too. Like, hey man, I mean, I I really feel like you show show to the world you evolve. A little, uh, talking about the the technical part, just he was he evolved just in the game plan, right? So I don't know. Do you feel that it comes back to what I started this with? That some of it comes to what do the judges favor? What kind of style they're looking for, or that they might. They might favor in in their you know in their mind that uh, obviously you were aggressive, um, obviously you were looking to be the boss, and obviously to his credit he made changes that he thought he had to make um, to counter punch, to set traps, to use the ring more, the octagon more. Um, but at the end of the day, it was a it was a very close fight, yeah. and do you think that it came down to just? having judges that maybe if they had been judges that appreciated aggression more, you would have still had your title. If, if you watch the, the, the official MMA rules, 
you know, the damage is the most important thing. I agree. I understand that. Um, my point is, like, I'm, I have this example very clear in my mind. You know, the third round is very clear to me because everybody said I lost that round. But I saw that I saw that round, and you know, all the round was like connecting, connecting with a lot of precision, with you know, with a lot of technique, like always connecting his face. But just at the end, like six seconds left of the round, he connected me with a nice and technical hard uh, right hand to my to my shin, and I went to the ground a little bit, and then we started to grapple a, a little bit. But I mean, I don't know. I I connected in that round like fifteen. Uh, 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 punches with a lot of precision, and the guy stole me the round with just one with with just one pound punch. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, understand. I understand this. Uh, this this sport is about what the 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 judge uh, appreciated a little bit more. But I don't know. I mean, I just feel I have my my own point. Before Ken goes in there, I don't mean to <clears throat> to be a. Uh to be rude here and, and not let my man Ken get in there. He'll be in there. Don't worry. He's a scrapper too. He'll <laughs> get in there. But I want to ask you, will there be a fourth fight? And and where do you think it'll be? Because obviously I know the people and fans in Mexico would go absolutely crazy um, to see you there fighting with your style. And of course, being the first Mexican-born uh, champion in UFC. Uh, are we gonna have a fourth fight? And is and where will it be, guys? My my mind my manager is like pushing so hard for that uh, fourth fight. Uh, we don't have nothing real right now, but I mean, uh, my manager and UFC uh, are having like some conversation now about the the fourth fight against Figueredo. Uh, last fight in Anaheim was crazy. All the Mexican people there. Wow, the the energy that night was crazy. I mean, you know, because when I won title in Arizona, like all the vibe was amazing. But this time, You're like champion, baby. all the Mexican flags, all the arena was sold out. Uh, I'm waiting for the pay per views to to see what how many pay per views the, the event sell. I don't have nothing against uh, Francis Ngannou because I love I love Francis and I know Cyril Gann is a nice guy. But the, the main event was was another one. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's so, no doubt about it. It stole, it stole the show. The main event, uh, the cold feature. Your your fight stole the show, um, as far as the energy, as far as the excitement, as far as the you know the kind of fight it was. Yeah, I have to offer what you said. I got to keep my man in the bullpen another two minutes because I have to ask you. You made a point that I would be remiss as an interviewer and as a fight person if I didn't say something. You just said that the energy was incredible. It was more energy than you ever felt before. It was, you felt it. It, it, it took you somewhere. Did it take you maybe too far? Really, think maybe. about it. Did it, did it take you maybe? Go ahead, you talk. Yeah, I mean, maybe yes. You, you never know. Because I remember, I remember all that moment. I was like, like very nervous as always. Like I'm always very nervous. <laughs> you know, the the people can watch me like smiling and everything. But you know, that moment when you are almost there in the octagon, I I feel very very nervous. So I was like walking to the octagon, watching all the Mexican flags, all the the energy, and I felt like, 
Oh my goodness, this is huge. But I remember too, when I made my first step to the octagon, like my mind uh, come back to my, to my body and again, I was in the correct spot. You never, you know, I mean, I feel like in the fight, it was like completely in, like I don't have excuses in that point, like, I don't but it speaks at no excuse. You're a fighter. You would never. You're you're too genuine. You're too honest. You're you're too much of a champion to ever make excuses. You're too you you're too much of a good person, and and you are. And that's one of your strengths is that character. Thank but, you. But yo, know, it's it's the truth. But what I'm saying is that you might not even know it until we just talked about it now. That. I think it did carry you. I'm, I'm, I'll make the excuse, and I'm not making an excuse. I don't need to make an excuse for Brandon Moreno, uh, world champion. But I'll say it from my perspective, from my almost 50 years in the fight business, that sometimes that happens, that 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 can get you a little out of your game plan. It can get you to be a little more aggressive than. Uh, than that mix, that nice mix of cerebral and aggression where, you know, you're aggressive, but you're also fainting a little bit. You're moving to the side a little bit. You're, you're mixing that part that, quite honestly, made you a champion. And maybe, just maybe, as you think about it now and that feeling that you just brought up, that was a unique feeling, a different feeling, uh, a, a feeling of, oh, my goodness, look at this, wow. You know, maybe that did impact you. Yes, I mean, maybe. Uh, something to think about, something to think about, because yeah. what's what's this business all about? It's about control. Exactly. It's about control and controlling yourself before you can control anybody else. Exactly. And if that took you 10% out of control, that's ten percent that you can't allow to take you out of control. Yeah, you know about you know what? Tell you obviously, I don't I don't want to use that like, like an, an excuse or something because it's something that can happen like from here to all my my professional career until the end, right? Like all the people there in the arena putting all the energy, and I really this appreciate. Was different. It. I this was different because Brandon Moreno was the first. Mexican-born <laughs> world champion getting into the ring for the first time as the world champion. It's different. It's different. different. Yeah. Can you imagine what it would be like in Mexico? It would be crazy. Like, so in this arena, all the, pe all the people in the arena was like almost 18,000, I think so. The, the 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 arena in Mexico City is like twenty two thousand, I think so. But I, I I like I believe I can like like sell out all the all the arena in Mexico. You know, they are they are hungry to an uh, in a pay per view event there because the first two events in Mexico was pay per views, and the next one was just finites. So they want to see like uh, big stars there. Like, wanna, they want to see like huge fights in Mexico. And I was I, in that point. I'm a little bit sad and a little bit, a little bit disappointed because uh, maybe for this in for this loss, uh, UFC want to 
to wait a little bit more for Mexico City, and uh, they 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 had some uh, rumors about UFC going to to Mexico in in June. I don't know uh, how everything changed with with you know with Brandon Moreno with no with no belt. So I don't know. I need to wait, but I'll I'll be I'll be pushing to get my belt back and and of course you will. And Listen, go, don't go, worry, don't worry. Ken has a direct line to Dana White. Okay, they became really tight. We just <laughs> had him on. He's got a direct line. It's it's called the red line. And Dana Dana when when it lights up, kind of like the Batman phone. When it lights up, it's kind of like the police commissioner Gordon. He knows he knows who it is. He knows it's Ken. Ken Rideout from our podcast. Uh, I'm included a little bit, a little bit from Teddy Atlas. Oh, from who? Yeah, Teddy Atlas's podcast. Yeah, and and he <laughs> and he call him. Ken will call him, and he will tell him make that fight in Mexico. All right, Brandon. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to get him on a, I'm going to get him on a three-way call with the Mexican president and Dana White and hey. see if we can't broker this for you. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I got two questions for you. I want to I want to talk to you about the whole Mexican thing and the pride the fans have in you cuz it's incredible. I mean, you're the Canelo of UFC and I'll come back to that, but the first thing I wanted to ask you about the Figueredo fight is you talked about him being a bully, and I think that that's kind of how he was known. And it's not a knock against him per se. Like, he, that's his style, right? But I noticed in the build-up to this fight, especially the weigh-ins and stuff, he was trying to get super aggressive with you. And I watch this with my children frequently. They're like 10, 11, uh, 11, 10, 8, and 6. And I said, look at how this guy is handling himself. This guy's pushing and shoving, and this kid Brandon is giving him, like, a heart sign. I said, you don't have to feed into this bully mentality were you surprised that he was trying to be so aggressive knowing your personality wasn't going to engage in this silliness because it's like i just feel like you rise above this stuff and it's like they're they're pushing a rock up a hill trying to get you off your game because it doesn't seem to phase you was you know you know what was was very weird that moment because for example i remember the press conference the guy was like saying every single thing like the, the cringe in the arena <laughs> was very weird because he was, Figueredo was saying a lot of different crazy things and the, the French media was asking a lot of crazy things to Angana. So all the press conference was very awkward. But I don't know, like, I don't, I don't understand why Figueredo thinks he can go to my mind. I mean, he won and, and Congress, no, I mean, he won the decision. But I, I promise don't don't was because he was in my mind or something like that. Like I don't I don't care. Obviously it was weird because it was my first time fighting with a guy who was like like saying a lot of trash talk and going with the finger and everything, like okay, that's weird. But he never was like in my mind because oh this Brandon Moreno's too is too aggressive because he want to he he want to knock this guy out because he was very very vocal in in the press conference and something like that. No, I, I promise no. I, like, was, I, I don't care. I understand it's the show. And I understand what's about show because, for example, I remember I remember this and it's very funny. After the, the official wanes in the morning, Friday morning, I was the first one and Figueredo, and Figueredo was the second one. So I finished my way, uh, my official weigh-in, hey, 124, congrats, and I went uh, behind the scenes, the scenes uh, to start my... Uh, to drink something 
And the guy came and I say, and I say to him like, hey man, congrats, congrats for the amazing wake up because it was amazing. I mean, the last one was horrible. And this one was like, you know, the second one, 124 make, uh, he made uh, 124 too. Like, hey man, congrats. And the guy, and the guy comes with me like very like, with, like a very professional came and he gave me a hook. You know, like, like, oh, okay. I was, I was just waiting, like, a chicken, a chicken hands and something like that. But no, the guy take my hand and then he gave me a hook, like, okay, and and like, and that's it. That's why I understand. It's just show, man. It's just show. I almost feel like that's genuinely who he is, and the rest of it was an act that maybe managers or someone behind the scenes were telling him, like, no, you lost bad the last time. We got to try something different. Get aggressive with him. Throw him off his game. But that brings me to my next point: is that. The way you handled yourself, I don't know how anyone in the in the in the, that knows anything of UFC couldn't be a fan of Brandon Moreno. There isn't a single thing not to like. He's a gentleman. He's polite, and he gets in there and he'll 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 rip your head right off your shoulders, but he'll apologize after if he hurt you. I just loved it. I think you're an excellent example for children. The Mexican people should be incredibly proud of you. We're proud of you. Thank I, you. I, I know Teddy feels the same way. The next thing I wanted to ask you is, are you aware of your status with the Mexican fans? Like, I would argue that after Canelo, you might be the biggest sports star in Mexico. Do you recognize that when you get to Tijuana? Do the people react to you? Like when Canelo, when they see Canelo, it's like, you know, God, you know, like, I feel like you're getting in that kind of stratosphere. Do you see it? Can you feel it in Mexico? Are you aware of the, 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 the love that the Mexican fans have for you? Uh, you know, actually, uh, uh, right now I'm in, I'm in Tijuana and I've been to uh, I I went to the to to do some stuff out to the to the apartment, and I still feel a lot of uh, love from the people. <laughs> yeah. it's very nice. You know, like they like support me. Like, hey, don't worry, everything is perfect. In the next one, you you will kill this guy. Or like, oh, thank <laughs> you so much. Obviously, I understand maybe one or two haters start to come to in social media, and I understand because I welcome to the club. <laughs> so Teddy has one or two people that are always trying to hate us on the internet. There's a couple of them out there, guys. So imagine this: <laughs> they, they don't have any material since 2018. So they was like just waiting, waiting, and they needed to wait like two, like two or three years. So now they have something. I understand. Uh, but if you start to to unfollow me in, in my in my career just for one loss, it's like no, you know? that, that, that for, that's for simpletons. Do you have you since since you've had since you became the champion, even after the first fight with Figueredo, how has your business outside of the ring, outside of the octagon, gone? Have you have you received more inquiries from sponsors, especially I, Mexican yeah. brands? How is that going? And who? What are the big sponsors you're working with now? Oh man, no! I mean, talking about so talking about the, my sponsors in general. So I have a little. I mean, I start to work with uh, with Nate Diaz with uh, his brand. Yeah. With represent. I yeah. I love those guys because they support me like every single time. Um, they start to work with them, and I start to work with Monster Energy. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I had another uh, contracts uh, with 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 other brands with Menscape with uh, local uh, brands amazing so yes definitely my sponsor starts to grow up a, a, a lot um talking about the mexican brands 
I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's still very hard to get a sponsor from there because uh, mixed martial arts is, is not the sport that they want to put attention yet. You under, you don't know if you understand. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I, right now, I have a, a few ones. You know, I'm starting to work with a, with a, a Mexican uh, supplements company. Poor Life is, is, is a really nice and really good brand. They are amazing with me too. But I don't know, my, for example, my manager started to talk with, uh, with other uh, Mexican companies or Mexican brands. And they're like, um, I don't know, maybe in the future we can start talking about, about him and see what happened. Like, I don't know, man. It's, you know, when I, 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 I say this before and I want to say this right now, like, Miss Martial Arts started to grow very fast in Mexico, but I understand uh, we need to work a little bit more because um, yeah, the, the support is not enough yet. The two companies I want to see you work with, either Modelo or Corona, just because I associate them with big Mexican brands, and Lego. How does Lego not have a Brandon Moreno sp- Deal. Like no one, no one promotes Lego more than Brandon Moreno. You got to be the most famous person talking about Legos all the time. If they're listening to this, Legos, <laughs> get with it. We need a Brandon Moreno Lego collection. You know, you know what? Actually, my manager talked with with Lego. They, uh, he sent a, um, uh, a email to, to them, but they say my, you know, all my my fans in social media, for example, they are they are very old. So that is not my... Old the, people the can't do Legos? <laughs> I know a lot of adults Actually, who do Legos. Like, old people build Legos like me. <laughs> of course they do. I want to have like a section on Legos where you go there and it's like Brandon Moreno's favorite Lego collections, like whatever it is. What are your favorite top three Lego collections? Like the models that you've built. My? Yeah. I have... I, I build the, the Daily Bogle from Spider-Man. Yep. It's a huge set. It's amazing. I, I finished before to to come to Tijuana for my training camp for for the last fight. Uh, it's amazing. It's huge with a lot of uh, minifigures. Uh, I already finished uh, the Bad Mobile, the Tumblr from Dark Knights from Batman. Yep. It's awesome. And also, I finished another Bad Mobile like the last year, the from the movies in. 1989. Yeah, yeah. The bad, that bad model is really awesome too. They're going to be calling you after this interview, I think, when they realize that Teddy Atlas interviewed Brandon Moreno and he talked about Legos. I can feel it all. I can feel the momentum building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, maybe in the future. You, you never know. And I'm just waiting <laughs> for next opportunities, right? It's going to come, Brandon, and it is coming. Because you have to realize, and I know you do, you live in a country that is very, very rich in a great, great tradition of boxing champions. And UFC has just come around. I mean, not just, but relatively. Relatively, UFC is new, um, you know. Yeah. But, but the Mexican people love warriors, and they will take to... UFC. They will take especially to the to their son, who's a champion, Brandon Marino. They will. And they are. And and I think if you put a fight in Mexico, you're gonna see that. But again, the the history is so steep in boxing there. Um that it it's you know, it's it's gonna take a minute for them to move over. But 
I see them moving over because they appreciate something that's common with their boxing champion, and that's the mentality of a warrior. That's the character of a warrior and the code of a warrior, the conduct of a warrior, the behavior of a warrior. That's Brandon Marino. Whether, whether it's, it is. Whether it's, whether it's boxing or UFC, it's fighting. And it's fighting at an elite level. They, they, they recognize that. Uh, it, it's just going to be, they need an opportunity to have you near them more. They need that opportunity to see you more, to be able to show you their love. And, and I think that if this next fight, if the fourth fight happens, and it can happen in Mexico, um, I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see, and it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow. Listen, since you won the title, you had to have seen a difference in your life. I mean, yeah, your life... Uh, talk about that. Don't forget that. Your life changed. Your life changed. I mean, there must have been an explosion of of a difference of how people, hey, champ, hey, champ, you know, that, that <laughs> I mean, talk about how your life changed. And, and with that, with that question, how was your last training camp? Did that change? Was was there distractions maybe? And again, I'm not going down any excuse road. I just know in my business, when somebody trains near their home and they became a champion, you trained, they think, in Tijuana, right? Yes. And, and you become a world champion. I know things come with that. Distractions, requests for tickets. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, instead of two people asking for tickets, you got a hundred two people asking for tickets. But they mean well because they love you. But sometimes that can be a change, a distraction that you never had before. How was your training camp? What was was it good? Was it different? Were there distractions? Were there problems? Go ahead, talk about it, please. So. I, I need to be very honest with you guys. So, for example, I remember immediately after the fight, uh, my, my, my manager told me, like, hey, man, so go to your home and enjoy a little bit your, your, your family because you will be uh, busy for a few weeks. <laughs> because I, I did an, <coughs> a, a media tour in Mexico City. I had an, a, media, a media tour in Los Angeles and a little one, in San Diego, I think so. I don't remember, but yeah, I I, I did I, I did a lot of things, and you know, a lot of interviews. Uh, I meet a lot of people, uh, a, a lot of famous people in Mexico. I meet the president, the, the all my country. That's crazy, and that was like <laughs> three weeks or or no, what, like one month. In all that uh, one month, I was a little bit concerned and a little bit afraid because. My 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 rhythm of training is 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 high, very very high. You know, I have the habit to train like two or three times per per day, every every single day, every day. And you know, in that moment, I was doing like all a lot of media and all of, a lot of uh, videos with uh, meetings with a lot of uh, different people. And in my mind, was I, I was a little bit frustrated because, you know, I mean. All the, all, for example, all the other contenders in my division, they are like training so hard and and 
like just trying to get a title and now i have like a little target in my back of course (laughs) with all these guys and i was like putting my my pretty face in the cameras and everything i I was a little bit concerned and a little bit frustrated frustrated but that was my mind because just was was just one month after the fight after that i'm starting again with my with my rhythm or, or my regular rhythm training and in when I'm start to do my official training camp for my next fight. I, I told to me like, hey, Brandon, so this training camp need to be like hard. Maybe need to be like harder than harder than the last one. And I really believe I did it, you know, and, and it's sad at some point. And this this when you you can see how is life going, because I pay, I, I feel like I pay the price again to win this fight. And I, I and I lost. You know, I put this in my social media after the fight. Like, man, I mean, paying the price is not a, a guarantee to win the fight. But just he, that just gives me an, an opportunity. Um, and it is what it is. You know, I lost, but I promise I put all my heart in that training camp. Maybe the, the people can can think like, oh, this, the guy won the title and he was like distracted. Distracted. He lost the, the, the hungry of competition. He lost fire. But man, right now my, my fire is like, Wow, I mean, I feel like I'm born right now by, by myself inside. Um, and more right now because I lost the title. So I need to fix, I need to do something in my life. I want that title back. I want to, I'm hungry because I want to do a lot of huge things in my life for my for my family, for my country. I, I mean, last fight with the title, the, the mixed martial arts Mexico grow uh, like a lot. And I need to keep working on that, you know, like obviously I'm very, in some point, I'm very selfish. I want to keep doing everything for myself and my family. But if I, if I can help all my country to do something uh, and help other kids to, to ac- accomplish uh, uh, their dreams, I, I, I will. That's not selfish. That's, that's different. That's knowing that you can't help others if you don't help yourself first. That's right. That, that's what that is. That, that's being real. Um, that's being connected to real life, uh, to real results, what gets real results. And you have to have that attitude that you have to take care of yourself. You have to go out there and do the things that are best for yourself so you can be the best you can be. So then you can in turn take care of your family and others. And you're right on the right track. And I think that what we've talked about here was important to talk about to be honest, for yourself, um, to bring these things out to the surface that you do, you're human. People do get impacted. Things do change when they become champions. That don't mean they don't want it as much. That don't mean that that their furnace isn't burning with the fire inside them the way that it used to burn. It just means that you're more known that more people want to part of you, that more people are proud of you, more people want to meet you, more people want to talk about you. And that does change things. And you have to just handle that. You have to be cognizant of that. And you just have to take that into account of how that can impact you, not physically only, but even mentally, because you can tell the sincerity in which you just spoke to everybody that it was on your mind. That it was making you think, wait a minute, did I do it? And then you might go and do too much to make up for that. It's a, it's a fine, delicate balance. And the mental side can definitely impact that balance. 
And um, you will never cheat anybody. You're Brandon Marino. You're you're honest. You're 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 the real deal. You you have all the qualities a champion need. I would just say to you that if you do get this fight in Mexico, and I believe a hundred percent what I said, and a hundred percent what you said, that the people are gonna come out. The people are gonna come out. They're gonna come over the mountaintops. I mean, they're, they're gonna come, and then you just might want to do your training somewhere else. You know, to be what you need to be. That's yeah, all. of course. Hey, Brandon, when you um, met the the Mexican president, was there? Did you have at at any time like a moment like, oh my God, I, I was, and, and for your family, like we were just a hardworking family making piñatas. Now our son is with the Mexican president. Did you have a moment, and did your parents have a moment where you were like, oh my God, this is like really happening? We did it. We're here. <laughs> Uh, of course, and I was a little, I don't know, because everything, when you go and meet the president, everything is, is so weird, like a lot of security, a lot of uh, police officers around. Very Actually, official, right? Very official, a lot of guys with, with nice suits, and <laughs> you are like, oh my goodness, like, yes, maybe at some point you start to think, like, my, I was I born in a, in, a, in a hood in Tijuana, building piñatas with my parents, and now I'm almost uh, start uh, i'm going to meet the president i don't know that moment was 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 nice oh in the moment when you start to talk with 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 the people it's like oh everything is fine but when we arrived to the the official house in in, in mexico um you start to watch all the the officers all the the official things and it's a little bit uh, uh, weird but was nice the experience there's always a moment when you're alone with something like that just a moment where it's human you know not just in front of the cameras what did the president say to you no everything was like because they filmed a little bit like a little like 15 minutes video talking about the you know the bell and everything and you know the the official account of the pre of the president put the video in in, in, in his social media um and everything was like, oh, congrats. But everything was like very like. Was there ever a moment that you got to talk to him alone off camera where he put yeah, his arm, mean, arm around you and said, hey, Brandon, we're, we're really proud of you, you know? Yeah, at the end he said like, uh, because other people start to say like, hey, this this guy is trying to, to do something in the sport in Mexico for the mixed martial arts. Uh uh, we feel like he's a really good ambassador of the sport in Mexico and everything. And the president said, like, man, I, I can hear how he speaks and everything. And really, I really believe he can, he can do it. Like, so do it, kid. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> when you would, for the Figueredo fight, you know, fighters, I think sometimes fighters are very open and you're a very honest person. And they talk about the fear in the locker room before the fight. And it's something that Teddy speaks of frequently. It's like two fights. First fight is like with those emotional ninjas in the locker room before the fight. But when I watch you, I, I almost wonder like, does this guy even have fear? He seems so happy all the time. Did you ever have a moment where you're like, or do you ever have moments where you're like, man, I'm so nervous. He needs Whether to go to a doctor. I can answer that for him. <laughs> he needs to go to a doctor if he doesn't have fear. He, <laughs> he, he wouldn't be normal. He wouldn't be human. And he wouldn't be champion if he didn't have it. I yeah, want to hear. I want to hear Brandon's interpretation of like how he copes with that <laughs> and, 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 and what the emotions are. Do, do you know what? Um, so, yes, I mean, 
100%. I'm very nervous. And I, even in some point, I'm a little bit scared or everything because at the end of the day, you are going to an, uh, an octagon with a uh, thousand and thousand people and you are going there to fight with another guy who's trying to cut to cut your head. Like, yep. Obviously, the 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 people can't even imagine that never, feeling. Never, <laughs> never, never. Uh, Brandon, if you weren't <laughs> nervous, if you didn't feel those feelings, you better go to a doctor and find out what the hell's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, man, so yes, but it gets I you mean, ready. It gets you ready for what you have to face. It gives uh -uh. you everything you need. And then yeah. it's your job to control it and use it and make it your friend. It's, man, that is the most excited moments because, yeah, you have an, a mental battle in, that mo battle in that moment, like fighting with all those voices who told you, like, you, you can't, you can't. But at the same time, you came with other warriors in your mind, like, fuck, I can't. I definitely can't. Why not? And then I'm starting to get excited, more excited. And then I'm trying to put all my, my emotions in control to go to the octagon. So, I don't know, I, I build a, li a little um, alter ego to me, like <laughs> El Bebe Asesino. So he's the manager of, of those emotions. Yes, in the sir. moment when I'm there in the, in the locker room, uh, trying to, to warm up and, you know, and start to do my, 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 mental, um, my mental work, is when the El Bebe Asesino is coming and he starts to manage all those emotions. And I, and I, I'm always say the same, like, Brandon Moreno is not going uh, to the fight anymore because Brandon Moreno is very humble. Brandon Moreno is very, like, he's not ready for a fight. <laughs> <laughs> but El Bebe Asesino, that guy is an asshole and that guy is <laughs> going to the fight. Exactly, 100%. That's what I was looking for. I figured there had to be some exercise that you went through because it's such a dichotomy of these two different people of like the one guy we're talking to right now and then the guy in the ring who's just like, you know, trying to tear <laughs> someone's head off. And uh, man, you're doing such a great job of representing yourself and the Mexican people. I just want to emphasize again, like I love when you fight because it's such an opportunity to tell my children, like, here's what a fighter is all about. You could be a nice guy and a gentleman, and when it's time to handle business, it's nothing personal. It's just business. <laughs> yeah. You know, Brandon, what we just talked about just then, I talk about it all the time, and, um, you know, I, I talk about it, uh, you know, quite extensively uh, with different fighters. And people will call me and ask me to talk to them about that dimension of it. It's the hardest dimension of fighting, the mental yeah. part. It's 75% of your business, my business. You know, 75%, I don't care how talented you are, I do care, but if you're not right mentally, you're nothing. Uh, you can't use your talent appropriately. And I wanna just ask you a question, uh, uh, if you're on board with what I'm, what I'm gonna say, and I, I know you are, but I just wanna bring it out to help other fighters out there since we got on the subject young fighters that are struggling with this, that are trying to become Brandon Marino, and they <laughs> they, they don't know quite yet. <laughs> they don't quite know what's in front of them, what, what faces them, you know, what, what is really the hardest thing. It's not just the hard work. It's a lot of hard work, cardio and physical and all that stuff and learning and technique and, and commitment and all of that. Yes, 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 but it's the mental part. It's the mental part that has to be conquered, that has to be developed. And I remember Customato, my mentor, 
uh, Brandon, he used to always say, Teddy, if it wasn't for the waiting part in the locker room, there'd be a lot more fighters. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, and of course, Teddy, you know, and you know, and adding a little bit like uh, like you say uh, uh, first, uh, I, I, we we have these um, these conversations sometimes in the gym. Like uh, I I know a lot of fighters who are monsters in the gym, yeah, monsters. They have an amazing technique. They have cardio. They can they have everything, but in the moment when they arrive to the octagon, something happened in his mind. Yeah, and. The other way, I know guys 100%. with horrible technique. Like, oh my goodness, what a horrible technique! What yeah. a, I don't know. But in the moment when they are like, they they are in the octagon, they are dogs, man. They are yeah. Dogs, when they have when people. they have to be what they have to be, they are. Yes. And and you're right, a hundred percent. I just thought that this conversation would be helpful to those young fighters that don't quite understand that part yet, and they're having trouble with that part. And I'll tell you another thing: the ones that might think they're the only ones who feel this way, Brandon Marino, tell them you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. It's not a solo universe. We all feel this way. It's a matter of how we control it, what we do when the moment comes. Not how we feel, because everyone feels it. Everybody feels this, the nervousness, the fear, the, the doubt, all of that stuff. But when the moment comes, it's all up to controlling it and doing what you have to do. And um, again, is, is it the same for you that, like Cus said, the waiting in the locker room, if it wasn't for that part, it would be a lot more crowded. There'd be a lot, <laughs> there'd be a lot more fighters because they love the other part. They love the adulation. They love being a hero. They love being a champion. They love the things that that brings them. It's great. It's the greatest feeling in the world. But you have to go through that <laughs> to get it. Yeah. So, I mean. I feel and, and I believe in this, like at the end of the day, every single fighter, every single, uh, yeah, every single person managed the, that moment different, you know, to me, you know, I remember before when, before my alter ego comes to my life, you know, I was going to the, to the fight, like trying to be the same guy, like trying to smile to the people, trying to enjoy the moment, but I feel that uh, a great aggression in my in, inside of me was wasn't there. Like you know, I was like just trying to to win in the first round by submission. Don't throw punches and just be be safe and just be out of the octagon. And, I, and that's it. You know, uh, a lot of people know my history. You know, my my 2018 was horrible, and I had a, lo a lot of bad uh, bad moments. So just I made this alter ego to me like man i mean i can't be the nice guy anymore in, inside of the octagon i need to be like an asshole i need to be like <laughs> aggressive i need to be and um, that's why the uh, del bebe uh, come to my life and i and i love that i love that character because he is the guy who is not right now in, you know outside of the octagon so yeah maybe other guys manage that moment different to me I like, you know, talking about Brandon Moreno, he do that and uh, that works for him, but maybe for other guys it works different and it's fine, it's perfect. You of know? course, 
as long as you get there and you get control of yourself. The way I say it to fighters, and I think it's identical to what you just described, is that, okay, I'm taking this guy and I'm putting him over here. You watch this guy perform. I'm taking you now. You're going to sit in this room just like you take your kids to a daycare center. Here, you stay here and I'm going to go work out. Okay, I'm going to yep. go into daddy's going to get ready to, to make money, to buy you more things, <laughs> to buy you a bigger house, to do what I have to do. You stay here. You take that. You take that part of you and you say, here, you're 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 locked in this room for the next hour. And here you watch this guy perform. Watch <laughs> this guy go out there and be in control, and be the champion of the world, and everything that he has to be. And I believe that's what, well, that's what I talk about, and I believe that's what you described. The last thing on this that I want to say is we always talked, and Cus would try to articulate so you could explain it to somebody what it was that they were battling. And at the end of the day, tell me if you agree, what you're battling is your imagination. Yeah, of course. That's what you're battling. You know, I, I don't have any any other ex explanation to that. Everything is an imagination. You are, you know, the 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 mental feel. You know, my goodness, you are starting <laughs> to imagine a lot of crazy things. Like what happened if in this minute yep. uh, this happens and the guy knocked me out, or what happens if I do? But. Everything is your imagination, literal, literal. And, and it's crazy how your mind can like travel for a lot of different ways. It's crazy. But yeah, you know, right now, like I'm very young, like I have 28 years old, but I'm starting this sport like, very young too. I have a lot of experience and thanks God I can manage all this situation because I remember like my first fight was like, like, scared like very very afraid to go to the octagon like I, I was very very nervous but right now it's like obviously of course i'm still very nervous but i feel like i can i can go there and, and do my job of course and that's what happens with time with experience m maturity with learning and going through these things and knowing you know the truth about what what it is that it's normal uh and it's something that you have to learn to be able to control. Um, you know, you have to learn to be comfortable in an uncomfortable environment. Uh, and that's the most important thing. And I just wanted to touch that because for the young fighters out there that are aspiring to, again, to be the next champion in their own right, that and they're at an early stage, that it is about controlling your imagination. That's the biggest fight. That's the battle in the locker room. That's the battle the night before. That's the battle the days before to control your imagination because your imagination could go anywhere, anywhere. And it goes to crazy places, as you just said, if you let it. But the reality is, the reality is there's only certain things that can happen. That's the reality. But the, <laughs> but the imagination is so dangerous because there is no ceiling there is no roof on where it could go it could go anywhere and it could be damaging if you let it go anywhere yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> now you the bio, you the bio feel in your mind wow yeah. brandon 
I think in the was it the last I don't know if it was her training camp or yours, but I think you did some training with Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah. Actually, Can you talk about that? How was that? I mean, first of all, she's amazing. She's a really nice, nice athlete, and that's why she's she's the champion right now because she's very like perfectionist in every single uh, um like moment in the fight, like you know, with his, uh, with her jiu-jitsu, with her uh, breast, um, wrestling, the striking, obviously, and you know, I, I was just trying to get new knowledge. You know, and what kind of training were you doing? Were you doing like MMA or was it jiu-jitsu, just boxing? What, what everything? No. So the way he she trains, he she, she do everything in one practice. Like she do like. Like ground, she do like we won't we wrestle in the uh, to in the ground in the middle. We do a lot of striking too. So yeah, so that that's like always the same practice with with her, like doing everything. Yeah, and how was she like relative to what you expected? Was she stronger uh, at some things uh, than expected, or what was the training like physically? Uh, I mean, talking about about physically, the, the people need to understand, you know the. The, the power is different, but talking about the technical part, she's, she's amazing and she's very fast. She's very technical. The, uh, the, uh, her kicks are, are very, uh, uh, very good too. So she's a very complete fighter. I mean, I can uh, sit here, talk with you and talk about, uh, about all the other uh, skills she has. But, you know, just, you know, the, to share the, the math with her and get new knowledge is amazing. And hopefully I put uh, a new knowledge to, to, to her, too. Her management team has done a great job with her. She's in movies. She's, like, really becoming a mainstream star. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of hers as well. And I just thought it was interesting that you guys had shared some time on the mat. Yeah, of course. I mean, right now she's, like, the, the, the baddest female athlete, I think so. Yeah. In the planet, so yeah, she filmed a movie before and everything. So yeah, that's awesome. And yes, you know, just the share the mat and get new knowledge, talk a little bit about uh, all of those moments in the octagon. It was it was a really a really nice experience. You know, good for you. No, seriously. No, 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 no. In in a way that it shows you a, to be a champion, you have to be like a sponge looking to grab any knowledge you can. And and when you have to, to put your ego aside, because a lot of people might say, oh, what could I learn from a woman? Really? And and you, to your credit, of course you can learn. You can learn from anybody who's a top at whatever they do, whether it's mathematics, whether it's, whether it's uh, bobsledding, <laughs> whether it's basketball, <laughs> whether it's jujitsu, whether it's grappling, whether it's whatever. And you, to your credit, you understood that and you went and allowed yourself uh, to grab some of that, as you just put it, some of that knowledge. And, it, and of course, she will grab some of the knowledge that she learned from you, as you just said. But that, that is part of what allows you not only to be a champion, I believe, but to continue to progress to continue to get better, to continue to grow. Because that's an important lesson for our young fighters, aspiring fighters out there, or aspiring in anything, is that it doesn't end when you become champion. It begins. Because now you got to work even... Because you said it beautifully earlier. You have a target on your back. Now you got what everybody wants. So, <laughs> so if you slow down now, you got a, you got a lot of problems in front of you. you got to work even harder to keep the title. 
Yeah, you know, in, because maybe a lot of people can uh, can thought like, oh, the guy's the champion and that's it. Like, he don't need to learn nothing more. He don't need to do nothing more. He 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 don't need to be out of uh, the the comfort zone in, anymore. And that's a huge mistake. I mean, because I understand in in, in, in the place I'm I'm right now, like it's very it's harder to get new knowledge and it's harder to get uh, a, a new place when you feel out of your comfort zone but you, i i feel like i can still do my job like for example like this this very clear example with valentina this new knowledge i mean the people what, what they think oh she's a woman that's man that's a very old uh, mentality you know 100%. that's a very very old mentality because Valentina is amazing and has an amazing technique or uh, do another stuff like you you can you can do it always you can do it you can you need to find how but the knowledge is 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 huge you can keep uh, no, uh, get more knowledge in your name life name one thing that you took away from that you know from that practice that experience uh, that you took away from practicing with her and training with her. Well, name something that you took away, that you learned, or that you felt that you could uh, implement into your training. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't want to say nothing because she's very brave with that. <laughs> she's like, oh, I don't, I don't like to talk about this or that, you know? So yeah. I don't like to talk, uh, talk about nothing specific. But again, like, I get knowledge from, from her, definitely. She don't want you to give away any of her secrets. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got fine. you. I respect that. I respect it too. I understand. Um, you've, you've been very, listen, you're a gentleman, you're a champion, you're a father, you're a husband, you're a role model. Uh, you're going to get more and more people are going to come and embrace you. your sport and embrace you uh, because of who you are and how you live your life. I'm going to finish. Thank you for the time you've given us. Uh, Ken might Thank have another you guys. question. I want to just finish with this. Do you watch American football? Not really. No, no, not really. You know, it's, it's I nice mean, soccer. So, do you follow soccer? Obviously, you probably do. Yeah, so, soccer, I, I, like, I was a huge fan of soccer before. And right now, I'm starting to get, uh, again, the, the, the love for the sport now. But not nothing like very serious. Um, I'm starting to watch uh, a, a basketball a little bit, but I'm not a huge fan too. Right now, my mind is completely in, in mixed martial arts. Do you but, know? Do you know what the Super Bowl is? Yeah, definitely. It's a, <laughs> it's a, All right, it's, it's coming up. It's the and, good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. It's it's like what it's gonna be when you defend your title in Mexico. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy, like. Right? It's it's big, yeah, it's big, and everyone comes out. Do you know who's playing in it? It's in two weeks. the The two teams that are in it, they played yesterday to get to win to get the you know the right to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's the Cincinnati Bengals against the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. You, who's gonna win the game? <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta believe. I gotta believe that Los being Angeles. from Mexico, that you're yeah, pulling Los for Los Angeles, Angeles since they have such so a Mexican fan base. Huh? I don't, I don't want to be a liar with you guys, but yeah, maybe you know for the area Rams. 
Let's go. <laughs> uh, you're beautiful. Thank you, uh, Brandon, for being, uh, as I said before, for being a champion in every way that you could be a champion. Thank you. Thank you so much, Teddy, for the time, too, for the space. Thank you, Brandon. We appreciate your time, as always, and we look forward to having you back on when you get the belt again. Regardless of the belt, though, you have an open invitation to join us anytime. <laughs> it's a pleasure speaking with you, honestly. Congratulations on all of your success. Thank you so much, and thank you so much, guys, again, for, for the space. And yes, definitely, I, so I need to work again and get that belt back, and we can talk uh, uh, later. My money's on you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. See you guys. Have, have a nice day, all right? You too, Brandon. All right.